For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. It is the Wednesday, December 15th edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we have got much to discuss. It's a weekday show, and we got Chris actually on video. It's, yeah, it's I had nice. to uh, come home and uh, get a couple of personal things taken care of and figured I'm not going back to the office. <laughs> I can uh, I can jive with that for sure. Um, it's nice to actually see your face in the middle of the week. You know, the phone I calls. appreciate you saying that. I made promises to people that if you would subscribe and you would watch the YouTube show, you wouldn't have to see me during the week. And, uh, <laughs> and we I made a liar there. out of myself. There you go. There you go. All right. Um, Lots to discuss on today's show. Let me go on and do the rundown right quick. WinningCuresEverything.com is the website. You can find everything that you need to know about us, where to subscribe, where to follow, etc. over there. So go visit the website. If you've not already, subscribe to the YouTube page like Chris was just saying. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. That would certainly help us out. And at both of those locations, or any location, Twitch, Twitter, whatever, uh, make sure and leave comments, five-star reviews, all that good stuff. Go ahead and knock all of that out. Uh, the show is brought to you every time out by BetUS, where the game begins. They are America's premier online sportsbook, and they are where the game begins. So go and check them out. There's a link in the description. BetUS.com is the site. Uh, along with that, I host the college football show for BetUS. That is on every Wednesday and Thursday. There's a link in the description for that. Chris handles the Bookmaker Review College Football Show, and the link is in the description for that as well. So, um, with that said, I think we can go ahead and dive into stuff. Uh, before we do, hey, do you see all this YouTube TV and, and Disney channels issue that's going on? No. Huh? How fitting that they sign these contracts where the, the contract expires just in time for bowl season, right? The, the contract... For ESPN, ESPN2, ABC, Disney, all that kind of mess that Disney owns. Their contract for YouTube, YouTube TV. 
Yeah, with YouTube TV. Oh. It expires this Thursday night at midnight. So, That's good. That didn't affect me at all. No, no, no. It won't affect you. It affects me. Um, That's right. So, it's, you know, I got to figure out. I've, I sent out a tweet the other day and had multiple people tell me that Fubo is the, the best streaming option. Uh, because I have gotten so fed up with cable providers and whatnot, I, I refuse to go back. But uh, it looks like I might be swapping to Fubo if I can't get you know my bowl games by this weekend. So we'll see what happens there. Because this is the second time now that I've had an issue. I've got a couple of Roku TVs at the house. Yep. You know, I bought you know multiple screens and whatnot, and they're Roku smart TVs that had the YouTube TV app. And now uh, it's everything's fine now. But all of football season, I had to go out and get uh, two new Google Chromecasts to go on those TVs so that I could get the YouTube TV app because they took it off the Roku channel. Like, they couldn't come to terms on some kind of an agreement. So So this seems like a YouTube problem more than anything else. If YouTube's having tough negotiations with their partners, it seems like one of them is not being a very good partner. Exactly. Well, the issue with the Roku situation was Roku was mad at YouTube over like some of their privacy issues, et cetera, which Google makes sense, right? But in this situation, it's ESPN and, well, the Disney Corporation is charging the streaming services more for their channels than they charge to regular cable providers. And so now YouTube TV is mad at Disney, but Roku was mad at YouTube TV. It's just a whole thing. And, I mean, it's, it's nice that I get a little bit of advance notice, that way I can go ahead and set it up, like let's do the seven-day free trial Fubo or whatever and see what happens. But, uh, yeah, I'm not uh, not excited about it. it. It gets more and more difficult if you don't have uh, cable. Um, but also, even with cable, it gets difficult to watch some of the games that we want to be able to watch with ESPN Plus and everything else, right? Like there's no well, I mean, one- if, you're, if you're already streaming it, what's the difference between watching YouTube TV or ESPN Plus? But, but that's the thing. If I don't stream it, if I went back to cable uh, and did away with ESPN Plus. Well, why mean, would you do thing. away with ESPN Plus? But that's what I'm saying is there's no one-stop shop anymore. <laughs> there is no one-stop shop yeah, anymore. It's I told you the streaming services were going to make everything more expensive for everybody. Yes. Nothing's going to make things cheaper. Nothing. Nobody has any incentive or desire to save you money. They want to sell you more shit which means it's always going to cost more. You pick and choose what you want to buy to an extent, but they spread out these TV shows, the things you want to all over these different places to where you've either got to do one or the other or both. Yeah. You got to sacrifice or you got to pay an arm and a leg. Yeah. You, you and I've talked about that multiple times. And I pay, I I pay a substantial amount of money for direct TV. I'm one of the few people in the world that is still paying obscene amounts of money for direct TV. And I do. And I know that I'm getting raped every month. I know that. That's something that I've just kind of become accustomed to. Yes. Yeah, you've come to terms with it. It is what it is. Because I don't know how to do all of the streaming stuff. Like, I have ESPN Plus. I have, like, like, but when YouTube TV is $55 a month, that's no longer in the world of the streaming. All these other things are between, you know, 12 and 7 and 15 and $20 a month. And yeah. you're you're triple what those are, quadruple what some of those are. No, no, no. You you don't get to call yourself them. You're nothing but the cable company now. Yeah. You're just a really shitty version of it. Yeah, yeah, basically, basically. So it's 
I'm, I'm figuring out, going through. I've got a lot of people giving me options. Like I said, they've told me uh, the most votes have been for Fubo for sports. Uh, the hell is Fubo? It's, I oh, don't that know. sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> Just a terrible idea. Disastrous. Listen, if you're trying to sell it to old people, which you're probably not, you, you got you to gotta give us a real name. Yes. That kind of bullshit ain't going to fly. I, I tend to agree with you. I tend to agree with you. Um, let, let's go ahead and dive into these topics here. Okay. Spencer Rattler and Austin Stogner, the uh, the all Big 12 tight end from 2020, uh, they are transferring to South Carolina. So Shane Beamer's connections back in Norman come through in this one. Of course, they have been pretty hot on the recruiting trail. They have been landing some four stars here recently. Uh, look for a big signing day from them. Of course, this is the Wednesday show. Uh, we, we record it late on Tuesday. So we won't be discussing all of the... Uh, the recruiting day stuff, right? The signing day events as they go on. But uh, but look for big things from South Carolina. This is a pretty big deal. I think Spencer Radler going to South Carolina is a good sign for the future. Like, this is only a one-year stop-off. And while we have not liked what Spencer Radler was doing at Oklahoma, I don't know that that necessarily means that he's a bad quarterback or any of those situations. Where, where it was a downgrade at Oklahoma... It can certainly be an upgrade at South Carolina. I I like the move. I like the move. I think this is good. Yeah, South Carolina, like the majority of their snaps were taken by like a 27-year-old grad assistant, all right? Like that nobody else wanted, and he was going there to be a coach. Like he was not going there to play football. He just happened to have a year of eligibility left. That's where they were scraping to find quarterback play. Uh, my thoughts on Spencer Rattler, I was trying to find the text I sent with my uh, buddy who is the big, big boy Gamecock fan. He goes to two or three football games a year. Uh, his family is from that area, and they love them dearly. Uh, oh, for those that do been, not know, uh, we are based in Memphis, any yeah, first-time listeners. Yeah. So traveling from Memphis, Tennessee to Columbia, South Carolina oh, several times a year no is joke. a big deal. So. Yeah, that's that's like 13 hours, 12 hours, something oh, yeah. like that. It's a hike. It's a hike. So anyway, and there's no way, like you're not flying there. Okay. No. There's there's no there's a big airport in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, so anyway, they I asked him because I know he hates Oklahoma and he really didn't like Spencer Radler. And he said, I, I'm gonna try to quote him because I can't find the text, but it's basically, look, I think he's a punk ass punk, but he's a hell of a lot better than anybody else we got. So uh, he's good to be my quarterback. I would. N- I'm not trying to invite him over to uh, to dinner. So, there you go. He, you yeah, know, that makes he, sense. He, he's a, he's kind of a piece of crap, but he's my guy now. So let's let's hope that he stops doing with the piece of crap things. And obviously, his teammates can't all hate him if his tight end decided to come with him. Agreed. And and that might not have th- those two things might not be related at all. He could have had a great relationship with Shane Beamer. I think Shane Beamer worked with the tight ends. He did. So, so that, so yeah, I was about to say, so that might not have anything to do with why the tight end decided to come. But anyway, neither here nor there. I, I do hope that Spencer grows up and matures a little bit because I, I like the Gamecocks. And uh, I'll tell you this in the war of the East in the SEC, um, outside of Georgia right now today, I, I don't know that Shane's not cooking along i i, I kind of think that the power dynamics are changing oh very much East. so very much so outside of outside of maybe hinden hooker eh, who else am i missing 
I like Tennessee and I like South Carolina. And two years ago, if you said those are the two and three in the SEC East, you kind of would have been laughed at. I think so. You know, and I know that I'm just poo-pooing, you know, what Mr. Stoops has done all of these years building Kentucky, but I I like the other two right now. Yeah, no, no, no. I I do think Kentucky, I mean, they'll be good for as long as he's there. Right. That's There's that's right. Flashy, they will be stable. Like, he is a grown up. He's probably the best coach in the East because yeah. he is a grown up. Kentucky is beyond the uh, the hype stage, and that's yeah. what South Carolina and Tennessee are in the middle of right now. In the middle, uh, just you're there. exactly right. Yeah, uh, a win over Kentucky this year for Tennessee uh, was a really really big deal. We'll say that. Big, but but for South Carolina, uh, yeah, I mean I think good things are on the horizon. This is what you brought Shane Beamer in for to establish a good culture to continue to build talent on talent, uh, he can do it. I think he can do so, it. So I got I got, a, I got, a thought on that. His name came up for a couple of head coaching jobs this year after one year at South Carolina. I really hope he doesn't do one of these real short stints and moves on to some well, other place. His his name was brought up for Virginia Tech. Of course, his yeah. dad was the longtime legendary coach there. And yeah. it was brought up for Oklahoma, and that's yeah. because he, had, so he was special teams coordinator there uh, along with tight ends coach. Special teams coordinator knows everybody on the team. So if he continues to do well at South Carolina, his name's going to come up for a lot of jobs. I would like to see, I know that I'm not asking him to be there for a decade. Okay. That's not what college coaches do. I would like to see him have an entire recruiting class. I'd like to see him be there from the guys he recruited last year to be seniors and graduate. And let's see what you can build in an entire recruiting class life. So, so at least four years. Four, yes. I would like to see yeah. what he can do in four years. I think we could see that. I think we could certainly see. I that. don't. I don't know. I think if he's hot, I think. I think bigger jobs are going to come a calling. How many other big jobs see, are there that have not made changes recently? Right. <laughs> and you think that changes anything? You think it changes anything? I mean, within he's already been there one year, so we're looking at three more seasons. You I don't. Mean, you don't think so? You don't think there's a big boy job that's going to open every season? No, I mean at Nebraska next that's year. Insane. But is that is that that's big insane? Like I don't that, think. We're you're, see but you're you're trying to predict the tea leaves, Gary. Nobody thought Oregon was going to open this year. Nobody thought Miami would open this year. These are these are jobs that nobody had anyone on the hot seat for. Okay, True. like you can't predict what's going to happen in this damn sport. I know you're if right. You th- you're right. That, so that's just a full man's game. Yeah, I mean at Florida State, that could be an interesting one that uh, that we need to pay attention to next year. Uh, I wouldn't imagine, but, I mean, if things go poorly, if he doesn't make a bowl game again, uh, Mike Norvell down there, I mean, you never know. You never know. We so just see coaches were... get fired really quick. Uh, yeah. So, let, let me ask you this. Quinn Ewers comes to Texas. Not saying he's going to – Shane Beamer. But big boy jobs are going to open. How long – let's say Sark has another losing season. No bowl game, five wins. You don't think they fire him after two years? Yeah, no, Absolutely. Absolutely. He wins 10 games in two years. His ass isn't getting fired. His ass is getting strung up in the street. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. All right, so Shane Beamer, one to pay attention to. Um, I mean, the fact that he got South Carolina to a bowl game this year was Don't pay attention to miraculous. it. I let him stay there. I love this team. I really like Tennessee. I really like South Carolina. I don't want those coaches to get poached. I want them <laughs> to stay and build something. Don't You have to spend your life there, but build something. Let's there see you, you build something. Quarterbacks in the portal. We have got a slew of them. Bo Nix announced that he is transferring from Auburn, which was surprising if for no other reason than he has been the starting quarterback for three years. 
Yep. He has gone through a head coaching change, and he is a legacy name at the school. That's kind of a big deal right now. We're trying to. He has also marked in the transfer portal. There is something that says uh, uh, "Don't contact." Like there's a little yeah. that thing you can check where he's telling schools do not contact him. That's right. So it sounds like he has already got at least a short list of places that he is deciding between, and he doesn't want the whole country calling his cell phone. And I totally get that, right? Um, along with him, Zach Calzada, Texas A&M starting quarterback for most of this season. He is out. Uh, he is going elsewhere this year. Keaton Slovis from USC announced that he is transferring. And there's a whole slew of other ones, right? We, we haven't talked much about the transfer portal, but these are the most recent. Uh, yep. Michael Penix from Indiana announced on Tuesday he is going to transfer to Washington, which caught me by surprise because my first thought was, hey, wait, didn't Jake Hayner say that he was transferring back to Washington? Yep. And I have been told uh, on Twitter, there were a bunch of different people that told me, hey, you got this wrong. His waiver was denied to go back to Washington because he already transferred to Fresno State. That was his one-time thing. Did not know that that was you know already being brought up, but apparently uh, I'm okay with that. You know that you know oh, that yeah. we talked about this. I'm I'm okay. I want these guys to get one free pass with no questions asked. Anything other than that, I'm totally okay. If you want to scrupulize it, I'm totally okay with you want to scrutinize it. I think I just made up a new word and like like dive into why you're transferring all this other stuff come up with a you know reason and have to get a waiver i'm okay with that you gave me the one free pass i'm gonna be okay with with his uh claim to washington being denied uh i think it's gonna be a little dicey in that fresno state locker room i'm curious to see do you think he starts the bowl game oh yes yes i do not i do not i do not Oh, I think I think you don't. I may be wrong. Maybe wrong. It's a, we'll see. I mean, I, they don't have anybody that is close to as talented as him. Uh, yeah, it but depends they're playing on they a team. They're playing a team where nobody on the other side has anybody as close to talented as him either. So agreed. Agreed. UTEP was uh, was a fun story this year, but they are not a a great football team. They're um, they're both eligible for one very reason. They just backloaded that conference that 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 schedule with just trash. Yes, yes or front loaded it. Yes, they absolutely did. Uh, but they they got to a bowl game. I, I would yep. imagine Jake Aner will probably start the game, but we'll we'll see. We'll see what Lee Marks decides to do. He is the interim coach there. Uh, Tedford will be the coach there. We already talked about that before. Uh, the Penix transfer to Washington. That one's interesting. When Penix yeah, is healthy, that's big. When he, when he's healthy and when he's got a good offensive line, he can be really really successful. That's exactly right. I I think he's got I think he's got that at Washington. I think he's got a pretty decent offensive line. I am curious, you know, the weapons and, and all that. Uh, what is this team going to look like? Uh, you know, Kalen DeBoer, as the offensive coordinator with Michael Penix, can do some pretty amazing things. I think it's a pretty good move for him. I agree. So, And, and I think it works well for his development, right? Because uh, DeBoer was with Penix at Indiana early. And... You know, DeBoer was the uh, the OC at Indiana in his first season. So it makes sense that he would go back over to him. Well, so. let's just be honest. He's not going to be playing the defenses that he was playing in the Big Ten. I mean, he, he he drew the short straw of going up against Iowa and and Wisconsin and, like, the really tough defenses of the, the West in the Big Ten all the time. And that didn't, that didn't help the old resume. Staying healthy was, was brutal and tough. 
but but some of that's you know you're playing Big Ten football and gray skies. I wonder if a different style of football, different style of opponents. You don't have anybody that's really playing power football. Maybe maybe Oregon's capable of it, but outside of Utah, nobody nobody else is playing power football out there. Yeah, you know it's yeah. all spread, it's all speed, and and that that's got to be good for the joints. Yeah, no, he. I think he can be uh, pretty successful in Seattle. Uh, you got any thoughts on Knicks or Calzada or or Slovis? Uh, the Knicks one shocked me. I didn't. I, I didn't expect that. Um, and uh, and I'm really, I'm really curious about it. So I wonder if if I, maybe the coaching staff told him in in a in a moment of honesty to a player, hey, we love you. We appreciate what you do, and we know what you mean to this school and what this school means to you. If you want to play football your senior year, you're going to have to find somewhere else because we have another guy. I'm curious who that guy is, right? I, okay, I'm not the coach. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. I'm just telling you that's the only thing I can think of. That's uh, the other – well, what I might think of is the fact that they just fired the offensive coordinator, and Bo Nix was pretty excited about what Mike Bobo was doing with the offense. Yeah, uh, but, but when, when he it's was, not like – When Bo was in there and when he was healthy, they were they were having success. They were 6-2. and two. Like, they were rocking and rolling – uh, the A&M game obviously did not work, and then he got hurt the game after that. Um, so here's here's the problem with that argument. Somebody needs to sit him down and realize, explain to him that that offense wasn't working because of Mike Bobo. Because Mike Bobo doesn't draw up the play where he runs 75 yards left and right multiple times in a single play to find somebody open. That's Bo Nix making something happen when the play doesn't work. Agreed. agreed That's but- why his offense worked against Arkansas. That's why his offense worked against LSU. That's why their offense worked against Ole Miss. Three teams that they lose to if Bo Nix isn't magical. Okay? So here's here's the other part of this, right? Uh, you have had three years where two years under Gus Malzahn, you did not develop whatsoever. But, but three different three different offensive systems and three different offensive coordinators. Basically. Basically. Yes. So this year, his senior year, he wants one more crack at it, and I think he wanted to be the one to make the decision as opposed to just trusting Brian Harson, who he's only known for one year, to bring in somebody that he's going to have to work with every day. Why not take the opportunity, enter the transfer portal, and go and find somebody that you would prefer to work with as opposed to the other way around, right? And I'm curious, does he, you know... I have a feeling Bobo is going to get picked up somewhere. Does it... I just would find it weird that he would build a relationship with a guy that he's only known for one year. Well, it may not have been a, a super tight relationship. It may have just been, man, I've been through this three years. I don't want somebody else to make my decision for me. That's fine. That's I get it. That's that. What I'm getting. It, just, it still it still shocked me. The rest of them are just football moves. Calzada was the backup to begin with. I'm assuming with this class that A and M's bringing in, that's supposed to be the best class in the country. That that somewhere in there is a quarterback and the guy that was starting in front of you last year is probably going to take his place when he's healthy this year. So the Calzada thing's a football move. Like, that makes total sense. Uh, I did see some people talking about the idea of, you know, basically swapping quarterbacks. Like, if Bo Nix went to Texas A&M, like, how successful could he be in a Jimbo Fisher offense? And that sounds... But really fun. Uh, Bo so Nix going to fun. Ole Miss could be fun. Um, the the problem the problem with Bo Nix going to to A and M is is I think the quarterback that's on the roster there is already better than him. 
It, entirely possible. Uh, we didn't get to see much of Haynes King uh, this season. We, I mean, no, but but I just trust Jimbo. Yeah. I mean, Jimbo got his guy for a reason. So, but maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm cur- I don't think Bo stays in the SEC. I think Bo goes down a level. I think he, well, he definitely could. I I don't see him going to UCF. That would shock me. No, no, that Shock. won't happen at all. I don't think he's got the relationship. I'll tell you where I want to see him go, which I don't think he will, because I still think he's better than this, but maybe not. Maybe not. I'd like to see him go to UAB. He gets to stay in the state of Alabama. He's not too far from home. Um, yeah, and, I don't think UAB. Just, is, I don't think they would take him because they just took the uh, the kid from Baylor. So. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, I didn't so, see that transfer. Yeah, the, the backup okay. from, uh, now, from Baylor. They they've kind of. They've said, all right, we're good on quarterback for a while because they still got Dylan Hopkins, who's who's That's had right. two years left. And well, I knew, I knew they had Hopkins, but anyway, neither here nor there. So, all right. uh, yeah, Texas A&M has Connor Wiegman coming in. He's a five-star quarterback. Um, yeah. yeah, so A&M, yeah, for the Calzada situation, they got another guy coming in, probably uh, a step above what Calzada brought to the table. And then Keaton Slovis, uh, I think everybody understood. Jackson Dart has kind of taken that job out there. So we'll see. Uh, lots Lots going on with the transfer portal. Chris, I want to get your reaction. This may be a little bit longer show than, than normal. Um, I want to get your reaction to Dan Lanning to Oregon first. Uh, since, you know, I had to do a, a quick thing on Sunday because uh, I'll be totally transparent here. Kind of forgot about the show uh, over the weekend because we did not have our typical recap. And once I got a text from a buddy that said, hey, uh, why didn't y'all do the recap today? I said, well, it was only Army-Navy. And he said, well, are y'all at least going to have a show tomorrow? And I said, oh, my God, there's so many things we've got to hit before Wednesday's show. Uh, so I went ahead and, and touched very quickly on a multitude of topics. But I do want to get Chris's reaction here to Dan Lanning to Oregon first. So I like Dan Lanning a lot. He's obviously done some big things with Georgia's defense. Um, normally, normally, I would say I don't want the guy behind the guy that's the expert at the thing, but I don't think Kirby's the expert at the thing. So um, I, I think Dan Lanning, and, and I'll tell you, you can use numbers to see that how since Dan Lanning has taken over the defense and the defensive play calling, every year they've progressively gotten better and better and better. Um, I, I think this guy is a workhorse horse um you know there's a story on the yahoo college football podcast i I forgot i don't know the actual real name of that show anymore um but (laughs) but like wetzel and and, and thamel and them they talk about um like how he got his first coaching job yeah which was he just drove up to the school and i I don't even remember the school pittsburgh he just he was on top yeah yeah he and he just drove up to pit one day and and changed into a suit in a gas station and went to the school and walked in and all the coaches were gone recruiting and he just sat there and he waited and he waited and he waited and he waited all day long and finally somebody showed up and he said hey this is who i am and i want to work here i want a job and and he just bothered them until they gave him a job and they were like okay we'll we'll find something for you to do that's the cut of this guy's jib that's the kind of man that he is he's a yeah. worker and he's not afraid he didn't he didn't believe that it's his birthright to have anything that's a guy because if you think it's your birthright there's no way you do that if you think if you got a low self esteem that's what you do right there yeah. that's the kind of guy i like so i i respect that and i appreciate that there's something weird going on in Oregon to where Eight coaches don't really want to stay there. Um, so, so a lot uh, of turnover. This was uh, you look at the situation, right? Uh, they 
they had Chip Kelly, who you leave for the NFL, that's that's I a whole it. different thing, right? Yeah. Uh, but then they fire Mark Helfrich. Do you and, think that's where it all goes off the rails? Because that really wasn't a justifiable fire. I don't think that they guy made it to a national championship. They just thought we could do better, but they've never gotten close to better. So, so once they hired or once they fired Helfrich, they brought in Willie Taggart. Well, Bad. you you brought in somebody. It, the first year wasn't you know it wasn't awful. They won like seven games in compared to it, the year before where they won like three. Uh, it was definitely an upgrade, right? It was absolutely um, awful. It was absolutely the, awful under Taggart. The players hated it. They were filing like complaints and reports. Like it was it was a hundred percent awful. All right, so so we can say Taggart was a bad hire, but the reason Taggart left was not because he didn't like Oregon. The reason that he left is because Florida State was always his dream job. That was his dream okay. gig. He so everybody's if you go to Oregon, you're gonna magically get your dream job. Well, that's, that's, what, that's what happened with Cristobal. Like, I, that, it's it's like blaming Kiffin for uh, for leaving Tennessee, right? Like, uh, yeah, it sucks to leave after one season, but you know, you only get so many chances to get that job that you wanted your whole life. And Taggart wanted Florida State, and Cristobal. So just happenstance after happenstance after happenstance just happened. It's just bad luck. Then. It's only two. There's nothing wrong with the job. It's only two. If Lanning leaves after like three years to come back down to the SEC, yeah, then we might have a, a thing there. Well, but, he's either going to be fired or he's going to take another job somewhere else because Oregon's nobody's dream job. Well, That's the problem. I, I looked at this differently. The one I, guy that it was his dream job, you fire after yeah. making to a national championship game. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And you've never been great ever I, since. I look at it differently. I look at it as uh, you're bringing in a young guy who it, it doesn't really have real roots. Like his roots are in Missouri, but he's been yeah. all over the place, right? He's he went been all with, over. That's right. He went with uh, with Todd Graham. Like he, he got that job with Graham at Pittsburgh at Pitt and then went from there down to Arizona State and then from there uh, went over to Sam Houston State, got hired there, then went on to Alabama as a GA in the 2015 season, went from there to Memphis, went from Memphis to Georgia. I think you get a guy that's still young, got two really young kids. Um, you know, you you let him set up roots in Oregon. And and at that point, I think you got a better shot of keeping him around, right? Like, I, that's, that's the way that I feel about it. Uh, you let him get in there for three good years, and his kids are growing up there, and, mm. you know. If they're real young... That ain't that ain't roots. It's it's they get in the eighth grade and then in the ninth grade, then that's roots yeah. because you don't pull kids out in the middle of high school. You're not a monster. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We can. Yeah. But he's a long way from that. I mean, he's got to be there for a you know eight years before we get there. Yeah, no, you're you're right about that. All right, and then the next one I wanted you to uh, to react to is Mike Elko. Uh, Mike Elko took the. Duke head coaching job and a lot of people were saying yeah this is kind of a weird move you're already making over two million dollars a year as the defensive coordinator at Texas A&M but when you look at where Mike Elko came from uh, he was the defensive coordinator I mean he's been all over the place he played yeah, he's been all over yeah he's played at Penn he's been coaching yeah. for for well over two decades now um but he was he was the defensive coordinator at Wake Forest under Dave Clawson for three years right. he was at Notre Dame for one season and and then he goes down and he gets like a huge pay raise to be the Texas A&M defensive coordinator and he's done wonderful things in College Station, but I think it's a smart move if you want to be a head coach and and you're a smart guy anyway. Uh, David Cutcliffe showed that there is a way that you can win or at least be successful at Duke. I, I don't think it's a bad gig at all. 
we we have different feelings there. I I I'm going to be curious to see how he does. I think he's a really good coach. I think they're going to be substantially better than they have been the last couple of years. At some point in time, the the separations between the powers it is is going to come in money, but it's but a lot of that's also going to come in in access to talent. And, and yeah. I just don't think you're going to get it. I just don't. I think it's going to be really really hard. So I like Elko, and I think he's a hell of a coach. Hell of a coach. I would be real cautious about taking my first head coaching job, which I know he's waited forever to be a head coach. Yeah. But but the problem is, is you know your name is getting out there. You know this isn't the last time people are going to call your phone. I would I would rather be Vittables and wait forever for the right job to come along than to take the first job that came along. Because if you go and it's a disaster, you might not ever get that call again, especially being on the defensive side of the ball, and you're getting older. It's becoming a young man's game, and it's becoming an offensive game. I think I would have waited for a better job. I would have rather taken a smaller job. I'd have rather taken a G5 job than I would uh, the Duke job. Now, I could be wrong, okay? But you you say Cutcliffe said they have success one year. When you took Cliff with there like for like twelve years, well, they were one year. really they, good. They, they were really games. good one time. Yeah, and and you know how they were really good. Jim Knowles was the defense coordinator. That's, <laughs> and I think Mike Elko can uh, can do what Jim Knowles did. There. But they so, also had a transcendent quarterback at yeah. the college level. Yeah, no, that's a, you're 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 right. So that's the problem. Is is he gonna is he gonna put together the offense? And and if he ever has a great offense. Know that that guy's gone. That guy's got wings, and he is flying out that door. It's it's kind of crazy to think about. You know, we think of Mike Elko as being, uh, you know, a little bit older. He uh, he was a GA at Stony Brook in 1999. So he's been coaching for 22 years. Yep. He started coaching when he was 22 years old. Mike Elko is mm-hmm. only 44 years old right now. Oh, then he's got plenty of time. I wouldn't have taken it. I just think I would be very – if I was, you know – not some hot shot up and comer and and I needed to take any job I could and, and hope to strike gold. That's the kind of person that I think is taking those jobs. If if I got the pick of the litter, I'm not, I'm just not. I'm just not taking it. I wouldn't have taken the Vandy job. I told you I thought that was going to be a disastrous situation. It, that guy's gonna get fired at some point in time, and then he's gonna go back to being a DC and the, the phone's never gonna ring again. Ever. Uh, yeah, and it, it might be the same thing with Clark Lee, right? This is the last two defensive coordinators from Notre Dame before Marcus Freeman. Uh, one takes the job at Duke, one takes the job at Vanderbilt, and, of course, Marcus Freeman got the Notre Dame job. Uh, it's kind of interesting to think about. Yeah, one of those three jobs is a really good job, like yep. top four or five job in the country. Yep, you are not wrong. The other two are, are bottom power five jobs, like bottom power five. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Uh, speaking of Power 5, we'll talk about the uh, the top of the Power 5, or at least what used to be. Clemson has hired their new offensive coordinator, Andy. Now, remember, they lost both of them. Tony Elliott, of course, took the uh, Virginia job. That was the OC. And the defensive coordinator, Brent Venables, who was there for what seemed like forever, uh, went back to Oklahoma as the head coach after Lincoln Riley left. So the new offensive coordinator for the Clemson Tigers will be Brandon Streeter, who played at Clemson uh, from 1995 through 1999 and has been on the Clemson coaching staff as a quarterbacks coach and recruiting coordinator uh, and then was the passing game coordinator for the last two seasons. Uh, since 2015. He's been there for quite some time. Before that, uh, he was a GA at Clemson in 2004 and 2005. But aside from that, Charleston Southern, uh, Liberty, and Richmond. He only knows that part of the world. He's only really worked under uh, Dabo as far as a big-time college football experience goes. Uh, So they move him up. He was the quarterback's coach, of course, for Trevor Lawrence, um, for Deshaun Watson, Etc. So, like, maybe good things, but he was also the quarterback's coach uh, this past season, and that did not work out well with DJ. Now, I tend to believe a lot of that has to do with the offensive line, etc. But, uh, but also, it, 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 the offense was not good this year. It just was not good. On defense, they now have co-defensive coordinators, and both of them hired from within, hired from inside the department. They are bringing in... Uh, let's see, Wesley Goodwin, who was an off-field analyst, uh, an off-field staffer, and five days ago, there were articles out about how, oh yeah, this is going to be awesome, they're going to move him to an on-field role, and he deserves it because he's worked so hard, so he's going to be the linebacker's coach and the co-defensive coordinator. Like, what are we talking about? And the other First co- on-field job in, in college football. Just unbelievable. co-DC. <laughs> he doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. It's unbelievable. Uh, the other co-DC is Mickey Kahn, who uh, who actually played at Alabama with Dabo Sweeney. Uh, he was a high school coach at Grayson High School from 2000 through 2015, and then he was a defensive quality analyst in 2016 with Clemson. And for the last four seasons, um, he was the – I take that back, 2017 through 2020 – 
he was the safeties coach, and then he was the safeties coach and the special teams coordinator this past season. So he is moving up to a co-DC role, and he will continue to coach safeties. I am so curious because big-time college football programs don't just hire up from within, right? That's not that's not a typical thing that you see. But, but can it work? Like, I, I think you and I have talked about this endlessly, it feels like. Can you promote a person to the point of failure? And I think that you can. Now, obviously... I don't think you just can. I think the majority of people do. Yes. They get promoted to a point of failure. The the reason people are wildly incompetent at many, many, many jobs is because... And then the reason we, as individuals, have a lot of stress on ourselves is because we got promoted to a point of failure. Yeah. But we just don't call ourselves failures because that sounds bad. But... If you're struggling to keep up at your job, but you were a rock star at your last job, that should probably tell you something. Yes. Yes. So this is, and and maybe there was something to be said about Tony Elliott being uh, an offense coordinator. You know, that's not to say that he was awful. Um, but obviously, when you've got Trevor Lawrence as your quarterback, you can look really, really good. When you got to develop a young guy, eh, who knows, right? So obviously, the offense did not work this year. Well, and he was um, a co-OC for a lot of those years, too. Yeah, with Jeff Scott. Yeah, with Jeff yeah. Scott, for sure. And Jeff Scott's been really good since he's left there. So, uh, well, I don't, I don't know about all that. Uh, USF has not exactly done, done great things yet, but they are improving. <laughs> they have at least improved, so that's a step in the right direction. But all, right, what, all right, what did the offense at Clemson do when Jeff Scott left? Let's look at it that way. Uh, with the one year with Trevor Lawrence was pretty good. They still made it to the playoff, but they got smoked yeah. by Ohio State. That was more of a defensive thing than offense. And Tony Elliott didn't even get to coach. I don't know. I don't know. That Clemson didn't score in the second half. So no, but remember Tony Elliott wasn't even there to call plays because he was out with COVID. So that's right. No, that was it's still Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of the year before. So yeah, this was yeah. this was a weird, a weird situation. Um I am very curious. You're talking to somebody who knows a lot about mismanaged uh, staff. Okay. You're right. talking to somebody whose team has made really bad hires and just thought, we've got so much talent here that it doesn't matter who's coaching them. And so we made really piss poor hires two years back to back. And, at, and it turns out at it does coordinator matter. spots. <laughs> and one of those was a blue chip hire. Doesn't yeah. matter. It just doesn't matter. If you miss on these things, it's going to set your program back four or five years, and it's going to cost Dabo his job. I hope Dabo is enjoying being loyal because it's going to cost him his job. Look, it cost Les Miles his job a long time ago because he wouldn't fire his OC because it was his best friend. It's going to cost Dabo. Because I, I don't, I don't think this is going to work at all. I think at if, all. If Dan Radakovich is still the AD there, I don't believe that this happens. I no, think I that they sit agree down with that. and and they have a conversation and say, "Okay, we are one of the the top five programs in the country right now. In order to right maintain now. that, we must well, continue this trajectory. We must go out and, and yeah. look at other things." Right. The um, the problem is, is your top five right now. After next year, you could be struggling to be top 30. Yes, it's entirely possible. Uh, there's there is a world where they, you know, drop back down 8 and 4, 7 and 5, somewhere along there, their backup quarterback uh entered the portal. They've got a good one coming in, but again, it, all the recruits in the world 
eventually you will get beat. Yes. Like, you will lose games that you're not supposed to. It happens yeah. week in and week out. Well, and it don't matter how good your, co- your 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 quarterback is if you can't protect him. So seeing that with DJ, I don't think DJ is the problem. I, I don't think DJ is a great quarterback, but I think DJ in 80% of other systems across college football would be substantially better than he is right now. That is a glaring indictment on A, the quarterback's coach, and B, the offensive coordinator that just got promoted to another job. So like, that's that's strange for me. I don't I don't know that you can make this higher uh, if you are not you know the lead voice in the room, right? Dabo. Oh no, he like, he is the lead voice. Yeah, Dabo's going to make the. I guarantee Dabo's going to make the athletic director higher. Entirely possible. Well, you no, don't the think they're going to call him and say say who do you want? They hired from within for the uh, for the AD job, <gasps> didn't they? I don't know that it's been oh, officially yeah. named, but I don't think they've announced it. But yeah, I think they are. Which and, and who do you think controlled that? Entirely possible. Don't I mean, get a national search. We're not hiring somebody outside of here. We're hiring somebody who I already have control over. It's uh, it's it's interesting. I want to see how this plays out. So I'm I'm glad that he did it so that I can at least see. Um, Look, I, I know but, I like to take pop shots at Dabo all the time. I'm going to tell you that I've never thought he was a great quarter uh, a coach. Uh, that what he has built is unbelievable, but. Every year that Brett Vittables was there, they were awesome. Every year he's not, they were not. Okay? So, use the word built very loosely because my team, LSU, every year Dave Aranda was there, we were great. Not just good, great. And every year he wasn't, we weren't. So, let's just be real careful before you think, oh, a DC can't be that important. Because there are people that will tell you that Dave Aranda was the grown-up in the locker room at LSU for a long time. And Dave Aranda had a lot of pull and a lot of influence even over other coaches and, and things. People looked to him when chaos was happening. I assure you that Vittables had that kind of pull and influence being there for as long as he was. Yes. Yes, 100%. Vittables was the coach of the defense. He was the head coach over that department. That's the way yes. that, that worked. Uh, you're bringing in you know younger guys – uh, I don't know. I don't know that it'll be the same. Uh, you you let you let the head coach get a little too involved, and things may change. Things may change. Uh, next topic on the board, and we'll uh, we'll skip the NFL recap for this week. We'll uh, we'll just go through the games. Um, John Orant from the Sports Business Journal is predicting that the CBS uh, game of the week will be a Big Ten game. Going forward, now this will be after the 2022 season, I believe, is when the Big Ten rights are up, and maybe after 2023. Uh, but either way, uh, when is the SEC starting with ABC? It's is supposed it to be year? in 2024. Yeah, uh, his prediction is that CBS, because the Big Ten deal ends a year early, um, that's right. You know, and then the SEC deal goes. So it, what they're suggesting, or not suggest, what they are predicting at Sports Business Journal is that CBS will allow ESPN to buy them out of that last year. Mm-hmm. So the CBS uh, game of the week will not be the SEC game of the week. It will be a Big Ten game. Now, the issue there is CBS is going to be a dual partner or, or again, predicted to be a dual partner with Fox on these. I'm, I'm wondering if this is a spite play by CBS to... Get back, like if they're going to overpay for this 
to get back at the SEC over the way that things went down with those negotiations, right? Because the SEC told CBS, we will not ever re-sign with you. Like, once this deal is done, it is done, and we will not speak anymore. And the SEC is the biggest brand in college athletics. However, let's not pretend like CBS didn't have something to do with that because CBS put them on a national window by themselves before anybody else was capable of doing that, right? Before anybody, not capable, before anybody was willing to do that. And they made these SEC programs big-time national brands. I want to know what ends up happening here, and I'm curious your thoughts on this about CBS possibly getting Big Ten games. Okay, first off, it's a hell of a move for CBS. It's really smart for them. It's also a hell of a move for the Big Ten, and it's really smart for them. That's a great relationship, and that's the only conference that would be worth or justified in that spot. Um, The doing it out of spite, they were the ones that cocked up that whole SEC negotiations. They got the SEC on an absolute steal. On an absolute steal. Mike Slide just bent over and took one. Okay? Yeah. Because CBS, yes, SEC grew under the brand of CBS. CBS helped in that, but they're not the only thing that helped in that. Okay? Agreed. Agreed. Like, like that is a that is a part of the puzzle, but but if unless Iowa and Michigan State and and Wisconsin start rolling off national titles, like then then we're having a different conversation, and then we can all owe an apology to CBS. But CBS, when they were getting pennies on the dollar value for what the SEC games were, okay, well what they were worth and what they were paid, they were just getting absolute steals, complete robbery. The SEC went to them to ask to renegotiate the terms of the deal. And CBS made it abundantly clear, no, we have a cash cow and we are going to ring this all the way to the bank. Yeah, we're well, milk it. What, when you do that, when you milk that cow for every drop, you can't then play the victim and say, well, they said they would never negotiate with us, so we're going to go somewhere else. A, what did the SEC think they were going to do? Like, you're spiting us because you're going to stay in business? Like, you, we you knew we known. would pick up a co- – we knew you'd pick up another conference. We knew you'd go – you'd stay in business. I just wish you kept Gary Daniels, punk ass. That's all. And, like, and this they, is not they that might, complicated. They might keep Gary Daniels. I was saying that the, the God, Danielson deal so. has to do with, uh, with the SEC deal. So <laughs> once the SEC contract is done, like basically Danielson is done, uh, but they could resign him. I mean, you never know. So yeah, they need to. I, they need to. He's fantastic, and they need to keep him on there for Big Ten games. I think this is awesome for the Big Ten. I think so, too. I really do. I think so, too. Now, the, big the Big Ten's going to find themselves in the same thing the SEC's going to find themselves in. 13 teams are going to want to vomit almost every week because CBS is going to pick the big brand, and they're just going to gargle the hog all the way down. Well, but this, Gary again, Daniels is going to become this, the biggest Ohio State fan. Ohio State's going to get like nine of the games on CBS every week, and that's just what it's going to be. Well, th- this will be – it's not just CBS, though. It is CBS and Fox, and Fox is still going to get a lot of those big games, right? So, Fox – I want built- to know – well, you can't say a lot of. There has to be a drafting pool. Are they right. going to alternate weeks of who gets first choice at top game? I'm I'm curious about this, right? That's, so, that we need to see the language, and we need to understand, understand that. Like, but we think that's what's going to happen, right? Like, they're, right. they're not going to pick up the Big 12. Like, we're yeah. not going to get every week – you know, Texas Tech versus 
Kansas State. Like, that ain't happening. Now, Fox will now, keep... That on CBS. Fox will keep some of those. Uh, they're going to keep the Big 12. They've got the Pac-12 as well. But the SEC and um, the CBS had a partnership deal. Like, what do you mean? Like, CBS only plays one game a week, so anybody who goes with them has to have another deal with somebody else. Agreed. But what I'm saying is they are not going to get the biggest game every week. Like they won't. Well, you don't know that. What if they, what if they, what if they pay the most? Well, because Fox, apparently Fox has already said like they are getting Ohio state, Michigan every year, no matter what. Uh, But remember Fox has, has rebuilt their entire programming for Saturdays around that big noon kickoff. And they picked the biggest game of the week to toss in that time slot. And they've had a lot of success with it. Just, but they've, they've also been using big 10 games, big 12 games, pack 12 games for that. Right, right. But the biggest ones, of course, that they've had, of course, has been the the Big Ten games. I'm curious how this is going to work with the drafting and and whatnot. You know, it'll probably be what weekends uh, these guys... Because ESPN, of course, does get some of the Big Ten stuff. But we have seen some of these ABC primetime games have been complete trash, right? Well, yes. I mean, just awful because of the Fox deal. the ABC, the ABC situation, had, what they've done is they made their bed with the ACC, and that was the biggest mistake they've ever made. Oh, yeah. Because how many games did we get Clemson versus Florida State, which on paper, 20 years ago, fantastic football game, all right? But in 2021, nobody's watching that. There are Florida State moms that are like, I think I'm going to clean the house. <laughs> there are dads that are at Home Depot right now thinking, I ain't watching this shit. Yes, Yes, okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. And that's the ABC game we're getting. So congratulations, Kurt. <laughs> like this is, but I don't understand why they're doing that. Like they have the rights to bigger games. Those bigger games were played on ESPN's network, but for some reason they still put those games on the primetime slot. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, well, it's and a bitch about it every name. week that it happened. Yeah, they, they wanted the brand name in the, it's ridiculous. I'm with you. Um, I'm curious. I'm just curious to see how it's going to play out. I, I want to see what CBS does, what the deal looks like with Fox and them, uh, and how it helps the Big Ten. I'm, I'm very well, like curious. I said, CBS has to have a partnership deal with everybody unless they're going to start playing a lot of football games. And then, but if they're just course, going to do the one game, then then it doesn't matter. The, the other conference, the conference has to have other partners. Yes, yes. No, I, I agree with you on this. I mean, that's undeniable fact. Uh, I am curious if this means that CBS will get involved in some of these playoff negotiations, right? I mean, they're they're part of the Super Bowl uh, round tree. If it there. if it goes to twelve, there's no reason they shouldn't. But they have a history of being really cheap. The NCAA college uh, uh, NCAA tournament is 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 like an absolute ripoff of a deal for the NCAA and it's a steal for CBS. If you want to get into the college football game right now and you're going to try to be cheap, bro, you you are going to be hurting. They're going to hurt their That's feelings. what I'm saying. If they are going to be cheap with this Big Ten deal, they won't be getting, you know, Ohio State and Penn State yeah. games. Like they, they'll be getting, you know, some lower level. Well, if, they got the, if they get the second choice every week and – and you get a Big 12 game or a Pac-12 game that they want to put on the Big Noon thing, then then you're you're great, you're gold, you're gonna yeah. get a you're gonna get a really good game. Yeah, so. I think uh, I think you're right. I think you're right. You ready to uh, to rock into NFL Week 15? Yeah. All right, let's do this thing. NFL Week 15. Last week I went four and four against the number. Chris went three and five. So far on the season, I am 62 and 56 
Chris, you are sitting at 44 and 65 right now. Uh, let's start off with the Thursday night game. Chiefs at the Chargers. Chargers are a three-point dog at home. Total of 52. The Chiefs are 0-3-1 against the spread their last four against the Chargers. Uh, Chargers 5-1 against the spread their last six against the AFC West. And they are kind of rolling right now. Now, the, the competition has been a little less than great. Um, the Chiefs 4-0 and against the spread in their, their last four games. These are two teams that are kind of on a heater a little bit over the last few weeks. They are playing really, really good football right now. Um, when I look at this, I I think that the Chargers uh, have been playing better than the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs' success has been uh, it's it's tough to say smoke and mirrors. Obviously, they have figured some things out, and the defense is playing significantly better. I don't think that they've played anybody as good as the Chargers at this point. Not That's the issue. That is where, what do we think of the level of competition of the teams that they've beaten? Like they beat the hell out of the Raiders, but congratulations a lot of people have done that recently yes Yes. like that was a team that started off good and obviously they're not anymore um i think i think i'm with you i like catching the the points because i think this is going to be a close game um i i am a little bit worried that i think this is going to be one of those chiefs home games in in uh in, in la um chargers have no draw whatsoever and um you know, if you live in Kansas City and you have a week to take some vacation time and go to L.A. when it's snowing its ass off right now in Kansas City, La La Land don't look too bad. Um, talent wise, I, I do think that the Chiefs have turned a corner uh, offensively. They're they're doing some things that that we kind of expected all along, but we haven't seen yet. And so I'm I'm curious to see, you know how far that goes and how, you know, I guess what that ends up finishing like. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. I I like the head start. I think Justin Herbert has been playing incredibly well. Uh yeah. overall DVOA, Kansas City number seven. The Chargers are number eleven. Uh the Chargers offense is number three. And that Kansas City defense, which was at one point the worst in the league, is all right. the way up to number seventeen in DVOA. Unbelievable. Now part of that has to do with how poorly the Raiders played last week uh but the defense was a, a big part of that right That's so right. I uh well the defense have been good for the last several weeks like this is not a, yeah. a, yeah, standard not a one-time thing. thing not a one-time no. thing I I think Chargers at home is the way that I'm going I you know Kansas City so let's let's run this down Kansas City's last three opponents all scored nine points apiece that's the Raiders that's the Broncos two shit teams that's also the Cowboys and then before that to play the Raiders again they were scored 14. You got the Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers, only scored seven. That's no big deal. Then the Giants at 17. So they haven't played anybody with a good offense except for Dallas in the last, what, what was that, seven weeks? And, and Dallas so, was without a, who it was uh, without. I don't Mark remember Cooper. who was out at that yeah. point in time, but but Dak was there. Zeke was there. Like, you got you to gotta win that game or you got to damn sure score more than 14. So Agreed. Agreed. So, we're both rolling Chargers plus three on that one. That'll move us to Saturday. We got our first Saturday games of the season. And the 3.30 Central Time game, the Raiders at the Browns. This line shifted significantly today. It opened at six. It's now down to the Browns as a three-point favorite total of 40. Uh, By the way, odds brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. Check out the link in the description. Go check out America's premier sportsbook. Um... 
so the Raiders are one and five against the spread of their last six games, but they are five and two against the number of their last seven as a road dog. Uh, the Browns six and two against the spread at home against the losing team. They typically take care of these situations, but they had like eight guys going on COVID reserve uh, today or on Tuesday. Um, they they could be back. There's not a whole lot of details about it, but like a couple of starting offensive linemen, um, Landry, etc. Like they they have some pretty big names that are out on COVID reserve. I'm. I think I'm going to ride Browns anyway because I think a lot of people are betting the opposite direction here. But the Raiders have not shown me anything to make me believe yeah. in them going on the road right now. Right now, so we picked these games Tuesday evenings. It's going to come out Wednesday morning. Um, this is this is a blanket statement for everybody right now involved. I would not bet anything in the NFL as of right now until maybe game day. And I don't care that, oh, I'm not getting the better line. None of that matters. You need to know who's playing and who's not. And yes. COVID right now, not just in Cleveland, it is ripping through like nine different teams. Oh, the okay? Rams are just. Uh, yeah. So I, there's so there's there's absolutely no way on earth. I So we're going to make picks. That's fine. They're going to go on the record. That's fine. If you're making bets today, I think you're a fool. Yeah. So you I, can do I whatever the hell you want. I don't like my opinion of, of you lines. might not matter. I don't. I don't really like the lines this week. I've got one that I well, really I love like. The, no, I love the lines, and I don't. I, I've got some games that I absolutely love, but that's assuming guys are going to play that I think are going to play, and and you know, not everybody who's got COVID is going to miss the game. So, but there's a world where all those guys miss the game, and the line gets really shitty. So yeah. um, with that, I'll take the Browns. I, I still think they're a more talented team. I also think they're a better coach team. And that's that's where this is going to come down to. At some point in time, discipline's just going to matter. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. Cleveland, significant advantage on offense over that Raiders defense. Uh, and then the Raiders offense and the Cleveland defense are, you know, uh, half and half, right? They're, they're just kind of the same thing. Uh, one's number 18 in DVOA, and one's number 15 it's it's whatever, but Cleveland's offense uh, significantly improved over um, that Raiders defense. So both riding with the Browns minus three, and moving to Saturday evening, seven fifteen uh, p.m. Central Time. Patriots at the Colts. Colts are a two point favorite at home. Total of forty five and a half. Uh, the Pats are five and one against the spread. Their last six against the Colts. Obviously, they don't play every year. Um, but the Patriots, 7-0 and against the spread in their last seven games. They are rolling right now. That defense is ridiculous. Uh, they've got the biggest point differential in the NFL, and it's not even close. Uh, the Colts, 3-7 and against the spread in their last 10 home games. You look at the numbers on these two teams, and I don't get why the Patriots are an underdog here. Um, it doesn't make sense to me. I... <laughs> I look all this stuff up, and I'm like, okay, what am I missing? So it kind of scares me a little bit that the line would be there. Uh, Patriots number two in total DVOA. Indianapolis is number nine. The Indy offense is number seven in total DVOA. The New England defense is number two. Uh, The Indianapolis defense is number nine in DVOA, and the New England offense is number 10. I, I don't see any real, like New England's even got an advantage on special teams. Like, I think the wrong team is favored here. So I'm going to roll with the Patriots. Uh, but that's what scares me is that they should be favored. Yeah, it seems like a trap. When this line first came out, I thought, wow. 
that shocks me a lot. And I feel like I'm stepping on a trap. I'm just going to step on the trap. I don't, I, yeah. I kind of don't care if there's a guy I'm willing to trust stepping on a trap with is bill. Yes. And, and it would be different if the line was minus Pat's minus seven and, you know, or, or you know, and, and, and maybe it should be minus three or something like or minus three when it should be minus seven. And so it's like, Oh yeah, I'll lay those points, whatever. And they end up playing some weird, crazy close game that comes down to like an extra point or something weird. But when he's catching points, I understand it's just two. I trust him to win any game. He's the coach of. Yes. Yes. That's where I'm at. It's uh it's odd that they are an underdog in this. Role. I also trust his defense unless something weird is happening COVID wise with the Patriots that nobody knows about because bill just keeps shit under wraps and Sunday we're going to fire Saturday. We're going to find out like eight guys are missing. Uh, I think Carson Wentz is going to throw the ball to uh Patriot jerseys at least twice, possibly three times. I could, I could see that. This is a guy that holds the ball for a long time. They pressure the quarterback really well. They make you pay for that. When he throws the ball, and he's being pressured, which I think he's going to have a lot happen to him. While, while this offensive line is really good, listen, those boys on the other side of the field are just beast. Matt Judon right now is an absolute freak. Uh, he tends to throw the ball to the other team. And he also tends to try to beat Brett Favre and Judon, Patrick Mahomes. Judon got hurt the other day, didn't he? I, I don't uh, think he's out yeah, but I, game, he came, but I think Yeah, I think he came back in the game. I think he did. I don't I think, think he's right. out, out. And so, anyway, neither here nor there. I, I think the Patriots – Pending their team is not one of the teams that's ravaged by COVID. I, I, I think they win this game. I think you're right. I agree with you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. That moves us to Sunday, and the Dallas Cowboys are visiting the New York Giants. The Giants are a 10.5-point underdog at home, total of 44.5. Cowboys 7-2 and two against the number against the Giants in their last nine meetings. Cowboys 10-1 and one against the spread in their last 11 against NFC teams. They are 6-1 and one against the spread their last seven as a road, or in a road game, excuse me. Uh, the Giants, however, 6-1 and one against the spread against NFC East teams. So far, I am interested in this because that line was a little higher than I anticipated it being, but the Giants have been bad lately, like really, really bad. Um, Dak Prescott, I feel like, is is somewhat in a rut. Like they, they came out hot last week, but yeah. couldn't do anything down the stretch. And the offense just has not been clicking for whatever reason. I I really want to take the Cowboys here. But you know what? No, screw it. I'm gonna take the Cowboys minus ten and a half. Okay. I just don't think that uh, I don't think the Giants are good at all, and I don't think they're that not. they're really gonna be able to slow down the Cowboys. 
and I don't think they'll be able to score. Like the, the Cowboys' defense is good. I I believe all those things you said. I'm going to take the Giants plus ten and a half. It's a divisional opponent. I, I feel like they know these guys. They're at home. Uh, the the problem, the downside of the Giants being at home is actually not a great thing. It, it, there's a world where if it gets ugly fast, that that crowd just turns on. Oh yeah, turns on them, starts screaming for everybody's job, and then the Cowboys just route. Um, but the Cowboys haven't shown me any reason that they can be trusted with a lead, much less ten and a half on the road. So that's that's the thing that scared me about it. But then I started thinking about the idea that you know it's very possible that the Giants could score single digits in this game. Dallas's defense is oh. number three in total DVOA. They have been really, really good. Uh, the Giants' offense has dropped all the way to number 27 in total DVOA. Like, that is putrid for an offense um, that is supposed to have all these weapons. Now Daniel Jones is out, and, you know, I just – we'll see. Yeah, but, man, Dak has just looked bad. He has. He has. Um, like, really bad. But also, you know, defensive points count, too, and – would it surprise you if uh, if that backup quarterback, Mike Glennon, throws you know an interception or whatever? Would it surprise me if Dak throws some picks and nah, the Giants not. score some interceptions? No, no, you're right. You're right. So I, I trust Dallas. Uh, they, they've kind of been living off of uh, off, off defense a little bit. So I, that's the way I'm going on it. Uh, you're going to ride Giants plus 10.5, but I could, I could see it either way. Either way. Next up on the board, Sunday, 12 p.m., we have got the Titans heading to the Steelers, and the Steelers are a one-and-a-half-point underdog at home. Uh, this is a, a weird one. Really, really weird, because you would think, looking at these two teams, that this line would be a little bit bigger. Uh, the issue is, even with all these wins, the Titans' numbers are still not very good. Like, that's that's the biggest issue. The... Uh, the Titans are 5-2 and two against the spread, their last seven against the AFC. Uh, the Steelers, however, as a home underdog, 18-6-2 in their last 26. So it's it has been uh, a reputational thing. If they are a home dog, they are going to cover uh, for the most part. But a lot of those numbers were much, much better teams. I, I think Tennessee is going to cover this easily. Uh, I, I just We can look at all the numbers that we want to, but Tennessee finds a way to win these games, especially against teams that are built somewhat like them. And the Titans are just way better up front than than the Steelers are right now. I, I just don't see uh, how Tennessee is going to lose this ballgame. Like, I think they got a pretty decent secondary. They're going to get pressure on Roethlisberger. He is a statue back there. Um, yeah, I mean, give me Tennessee minus the one and a half. 100%. 100%. I like the Titans here. Uh, this Steelers team, I, I cannot figure out how they're winning football games. And I, I think they're going to struggle to win anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, and I, I'm not I, saying I, I they think they're five. all coin flips. I, I, I think they should be significant underdogs coming up in the future. Yes. If TJ Watt's not out there, that defense is completely different. Yes. Yes. 100%. Moving on, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on Sunday, we have got the Cincinnati Bengals. Heading to the Denver Broncos, and the Broncos are a one-point favorite, total of 43-and-a-half. Bengals are 4-0 and against the spread, their last four trips to Denver, um, which is, it kind of shocked me. You know, everybody talks about altitude and all that kind of mess, but 
has not appeared to affect the Bengals. Uh, Bengals 5-2 and two against the spread of their last seven following a loss. Broncos 1-5 and five against the spread their last six against the AFC. They've had some success against NFC teams this year, uh, but have not done so well when facing teams inside their own conference. I, I look at this, and, and I have to ride with the Bengals. They have had two straight losses, and the Broncos, while looking pretty good, they do not have near the explosive capabilities that the Bengals do, and I don't know that that, that Denver defense is going to be able to slow them down. Like I, I think you were going to hit several explosive plays with Burrow and Jamar Chase in that bunch, and that's I think that's enough to win the game, and if they're an underdog, I think that's the, that's the deal. I think they're winning the ballgame. Totally agree with this. I, I think this is all um, Bengals. They're going to get off the snide. This is a must win for them if they want to stay in any type of playoff race whatsoever. They don't have a choice. They got to start rolling off some wins. I think they start this week. I think they win. I think they kind of win big. I think this gets ugly on them. Cincinnati, by the way, uh, has a special teams advantage here. They're number 15 in DVOA. Denver is number 29 in that metric. But you want to talk about two teams whose numbers are almost identical. Uh, Denver's offense, number 12 in DVOA. Cincinnati's defense, number 12 in DVOA. Cincinnati's offense, number 21 in DVOA. Denver's defense, number 21 in DVOA. Uh, the issue is I think Cincinnati has better players. Like that's, I think that's the biggest yes. issue. So while the numbers may not bear it out so much, uh, I do think the, the matchups in the actual game will. So we're, uh, we're both riding Bengals on that. Sunday, 3.25 p.m., we have got the Green Bay Packers heading to the Baltimore Ravens. And, of course, uh, the line is eh, here and there, on the board, off the board, et cetera, trying to figure out what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson. Uh, but as it sits right now at multiple books, of course, this one, of course, brought to you by BetUS, uh, Ravens are a four-and-a-half-point dog at home, the favorite in this matchup. The last four times, the favorite is 4-0 and oh against the number. Packers 8-1 and one against the spread, their last nine following a win. Uh, they are 5-1 and one against the spread, their last six on the road. They have been covering machines so long yep. as Aaron Rodgers is playing. Um, the Ravens, that, that one uh, against the spread loss there, um, was actually no 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 I think they covered against uh against the, they covered against, covered against the, the, Chiefs. the Chiefs that's right they just didn't win the I game I know what it was it was the New Orleans game at the beginning of the season that's the one that yep. they they didn't cover so um the the Ravens five and one against the spread of their last six as a home dog they are not in that position very often uh, but it it again like you said it's kind of tough to bet on this one without knowing whether or not Lamar Jackson is going to play like or you can't Tyler, you, Tyler just, Huntley, you just can't he's he's fine he's serviceable mm-hmm. he's he's okay. He is not Lamar Jackson. Like no. I will, I will say that. Uh, there's not a number that you can look at. Uh, I'm gonna take the Packers right now because it doesn't look like Lamar is gonna play. Yep. Uh, but that's the only reason, right now. Like if you gave me four and a half with Lamar Jackson, I would take the Ravens all day. But it doesn't look like he's gonna play. So, but, uh, what say you? So here's the weird thing. I I don't know that there's a number where I wouldn't take Aaron right now and the Packers. They just look. Unreal. Just really, really good, really good. <laughs> I don't think that game. Ravens. I don't think the Ravens' defense is very good at all. I've seen them a couple of times this year, and Lamar's having to carry this team, just Herculean efforts. And and I, I worry that we think the Ravens' defense is really good because they've always been good. Uh, I will. And, I will give you a number on that, by the way. And they're really uh, not. Ravens' defense 
number 23 in total DVOA. Oh, so I didn't I didn't know that. I just I've just watched them a lot and I just they don't look good, but people always have them ranked as a top defense still. And I don't know what they're getting that from other than history. Well, that's, that's this ain't a history it. book. We're yeah. playing a, we're playing a season here, and they're struggling to get stops. You struggle to get stops against Aaron, it's going to be a long night for you. Yes. So I kind of don't care if Lamar plays or not. The line's not going to change in my eyes. If you get a better number, you know, because Lamar's playing, how hobbled is he? How strong is he? You know, it's an ankle sprain. All he does is run. So, so much of his game, I'm saying, is running. That's just really hard. I'll take the Packers. I'll take the Packers no matter the number. I I like where you're going with that. I like where you're going with it. All right. Next on the board, we got two more here before we jump into Super Contest picks. The New Orleans Saints on Sunday night football heading to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bucks are favored by 11, total of 46.5. The Saints, surprisingly, 6-1 and one against the spread in their last seven against the Bucks. However, the Saints, 0-6 against the spread following a spread win. Uh, they, of course, won and covered at the Jets last week. The Bucks have covered four straight, and they have covered five straight at home. Um, this is the time of year where Tom Brady decides, okay, it's playoff time, it's December, Let's get things ready. Let's quit making mistakes. Let's quit being foolish, and let's go out and get this thing done. Uh, You saw it early against the Bills last week, and the defense started kind of not doing what they were supposed to, and that game went to overtime. But once it got to overtime, you knew it was done. You knew it was over as soon as they got the ball first. Um, You look at numbers here, it's – I mean, this is bucks in a route, basically. Like, I'm going to take the bucks to cover the 11. Um and I know that's it, it seems kind of crazy, but I, I don't think 11's enough. I think they're going to lay it on them. After, especially not, what happened at the uh, at the Superdome, right? Like I think right. they're I think they were embarrassed. No, I'm the same way. I, I'm 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 going to lay the points. I'm going to take Tom. He he just his numbers are unbelievable, unbelievable. He's 44 years old, and and he's doing what he's doing. I mean that the, the the plays that he's making and the throws that he's able to make, they couldn't be better than what they are. And there are guys that are half his age that everyone is projecting that are going to be Hall of Famers that aren't making those throws. He shouldn't be able to have the arm strength, like to have the brains and the IQ and the pick on the people apart and the accuracy, um, mid range and short is is kind of what we expect, right? Yeah. But to be able to throw the deep ball, to be able to throw the laser in where you're trying to fit it between defenders, you're not supposed to be able to do this at this age. Look look at Peyton Manning's throws when he was 36, 38. I'm, I'm not saying 44. I'm talking like five to seven years younger than Tom is now. Go watch those ducks being thrown, okay? And, and tell me this is what a human – it's supposed to look like. Yeah, it's not. It's it's all completely ridiculous at this point. <laughs> and I know the Saints have this weird thing where he just they have his number. I, okay, that's fine. That might be. I'll just lose. That's okay. It won't be the first time I've lost on a bet. It won't. It won't be the last. But I'm not. I'm not betting on that other team without a quarterback when the team that I'm picking has the best quarterback to ever play football. Exactly. 
and that's that's where I'm going with this, right? Uh, New Orleans' strength is on defense. Uh, bottom yes. line, they are the number five DVOA, uh, DVOA that's team true. Uh, in the National Football League. However, Tampa Bay's offense is number one. So, yeah. you know, strength on strength there. Uh, Tampa Bay's defense <laughs> is number seven. The New Orleans offense has dropped all the way down to 19, and it will continue to free fall uh, without Jameis Winston back there. So, you know, we can talk about Taysom Hill and, and whatever else, but it, bottom line is the Saints are going to, they're going to find it very difficult, I think, on Sunday night. Um, give me give me the Bucks minus 11, and you're, uh, you're kind of rolling the same way, huh? I would love it. All right, Monday Night Football. Let's get into this one. The Vikings at the Bears. Bears are a three-and-a-half-point dog, total of 44 here. The Bears are 6-2 and two against the spread, their last eight against the Vikings. Uh, however, looking just at this season, Bears are one and six against the spread. Their last seven as a dog. Uh, the Vikings are two and nine in their last eleven as a favorite. There is a there's no single betting trend that goes in favor of anybody in this situation. So that is when I it make sure that I certainly turn back to the numbers, uh, which I do on pretty much every matchup anyway. But uh, in this situation here, the Bears have been kind of putrid. Like they are, it, it is full on go with the Justin Fields project unless he gets hurt, right? And last week, everything looked good in the first half and whatnot until late second quarter and then third quarter, and that was that was ball game. That was all she wrote. The Minnesota Vikings, for as blah as their record is, this team is actually really good when it comes to the numbers. Like, their offense is number 11 in total DVOA. Chicago's defense is number 24. Minnesota's defense is number 19. Chicago's offense is number 26. Uh, overall, DVOA, Minnesota is the number 12 most efficient team in the National Football League. Chicago is down at number 26. Uh, I don't think it's enough points here. I think Minnesota is going to win this by at least a touchdown. So I will take the Vikings minus three and a half, even on the road on Monday Night Football. We completely agree with this. This is one of those where I, I was curious where you were going to go. Um I think Dalvin Cook's going to be back. I think Dalvin Cook's going to play, and I think he is what makes that Vikings offense go. Yes. I also just don't know how to explain how bad the Bears look on offense. Uh, I mean, they even even I mean the way they score points is on special teams, and defense puts them in in scoring positions. But they are they are bad. Yes, they're real bad. Yes, they are. I mean, it's it is putrid. It's it's so unbelievable uh, to watch this team, um, and they I mean they did pretty good last week. I put up thirty points, and yet the defense gave up forty five. They got up. Like they well they they got up quick. They got a couple of you know really good possessions. Uh, a, a lot of special team. Yeah. They got a punt return touchdown, and they got a couple of punt return and kickoffs to get them like short fields. Yes, I don't think they'll do that against uh, against Minnesota. Oh, I don't either. Special teams, uh, number six in total DVOA. Like, they're they a pretty good special teams unit. Uh, the Packers, by the way, not. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely rolling Vikings. You're doing the same. Uh, it, this whole, it, the Matt Nagy stuff, it, it's not it's not that. I, obviously, everybody expects him to be fired at the end of the season. This Ryan Day stuff will not go away. I am shocked at this. Like, he brought in Jim Knowles as the defense coordinator, and yet, even though it, 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 it people try and poo-poo on it all the time, it ain't going away. People are still talking about it. People that are in the know, like, really seem to believe this might happen. You, uh, 
do you see any world where he might take the job? Well, yeah, I don't. Why does the Jim Knowles thing have anything to do with that? Like, you don't know that that's going to be your job until paperwork is signed. So you have to continue to do the job you're doing. You don't have a defensive coordinator. You need a defensive coordinator. you got to go hire the best coordinator you can get. How is that complicated for anybody? I just well, he wouldn't it. have hired Jim Knowles if he knew he was going to take this other job. Bullshit. <laughs> Why wouldn't he have? What would you have done if you were in his position, but you didn't know that you had this other job guaranteed to you, but yeah. you knew you were a candidate for it? You're just going to stop doing the job you got? Let somebody else hire Knowles? That's a, okay. You got a valid point. You got a very valid point. I, just, like, I, don't, I, I don't understand this. We, we, we do this with coaches all the time, right? Like we criticized Brian Kelly because he got the text that he was he was in a recruit's house when he got notified that he was gonna be the LSU guys. They came to the deal, they yeah. agreed to whatever they agreed to. And people were like, oh, and he stayed and finished the recruiting visit. Yeah. And that kid committed to Notre Dame. How are Notre Dame people upset about this? Why would anybody <laughs> be mad about that? Like he just got you a player. What would have been shitty of him is if he said, oh, damn, I now work for LSU. Hey, you know, man, Notre Dame's tough. It's going to be a hard place to win. Winners are rough. You might want to look at schools a little closer to the equator. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that would have been shitty of him. Agreed. But people, people ripped him for staying and continuing the visit with a guy that he wasn't going to coach. But that kid ended up picking Notre Dame after Brian Kelly left. So he obviously was a really good ambassador for the school, even up to the point and after the point where he knew he wasn't going to be the coach. I just don't know how you can be angry about that. Oh, and I'm not angry at him for hiring Jim Knowles. I'm I'm shocked at at the fact that this won't go away. And none of this, like, obviously, we don't know that this is actually going to happen. Um, But it's still... I mean, it's still being talked about quite a bit. So Ryan Day to uh, to the Bears, still a possibility. Won't go away. News still out there. You ready to uh, to dive into Super Contest Picks? Oh, yeah, let's go. Let's go on and do it. All right. Week 15, Super Contest Picks, our best bets of the week. Every week we pick five. That is the rules for the Vegas Super Contest. I uh, believe it's out at South Point. Isn't that where it is? Or the Westgate. Well, one or the other. Anyway. We give out our Super Contest picks each week. I went 3-2 and two last week. I am now 41-29 and 29 on the season. Chris, I, I hate to tell you, brother, 0-5 uh, last week. 29-34-2 uh, and 34 and two so far this season for Mr. Giannini. I will start us off this week, and I'm going to take the Patriots plus the two. We already went over the game, uh, but Bill Belichick with two points. like it, They should have been favored in the spot. The numbers say it. The fact that they are the hottest team in football right now says it. Uh, I I might be walking into a trap, but I'm going to walk right into that trap, just like you said, Chris. I am taking the Patriots. Uh, I don't think that they just cover the two. I think they win the ball game outright, and I think they win it handily. So give me the Pats. My first pick is going to be the Titans at the Steelers. I think the Titans are going to roll in this game. That's the game I feel the most confident about. Um, I, I can't see a world where they're going to go into Pittsburgh and lose. Home field advantage really hadn't meant a lot this year in the NFL, so that doesn't scare me or concern me. So I'm just looking at teams. The Steelers football team is not good. This Titans team is up and down. I expect them to win. I, I'm with you. I like it. 
Uh, pick number two for me. I'm going to take the Houston Texans. Plus three at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Texans are not a great football team by any stretch of the imagination, but the Jags aren't a great football team, and they've got all kinds of stuff going on inside of that football facility. I, I don't know what is going to happen here, um, but I do know that that the Texans already whipped them earlier in the year, and I kind of think that they – I don't know that they'll whip them, but I think they can certainly win this game. And if you're giving me a three-point head start – I will take the Texans. This seems like the much more stable team, and I will take that over the mess that is Jacksonville right now. So Texans plus three. Well, we're the same on that. I like the Texans as well um, for the very same reasons. This Jackson, do you think Do you think the owner is just waiting for him to – are we in a weird game of chicken where neither one of them want to be in this relationship, but – both of them would walk away from a lot of money if they were the ones to pull the trigger? Uh, I had not thought of it in that in that respect, but possibly, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, which one decides to pull the plug first? Yeah, uh, like Urban obviously doesn't want to be there. Like, he wants out of this relationship. That's kind of what it seems but, like. Yeah. But if he quits, he forgoes his contract. Shad and and the the powers that be in 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 Jacksonville obviously just realize this relationship's not working. We don't we don't like this. We regret this. But if we fire him, we owe him everything. Yes, and it's a lot of money. I mean, it was a fat contract. It yeah. was a very fat contract. So yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'll I'll take I'll take anybody against the Jags right now. Uh, the fact that they were a favorite in this game is. It's not surprising because it's the Texans, but also the fact that they're favored over anybody right now is just a little, hmm, little weird, little weird. Uh, game three for me, or pick three for me. The Jets are going down to Miami, and Miami is on a heater right now, and the Jets most certainly are not. Uh, the line is 10 currently. I would have set the line at 12. Uh, so that's two points of value for me. I'll take the Dolphins to cover that. I think they are going to smoke the Jets, um, especially down there in December. You know, they uh, they are rolling. I think they've won five straight right now. So I'll, I'll take the Dolphins minus the 10. My next bet is going to be lane 10 as well. It is the 49ers. Lane 10 against the Falcons. This Falcons team is so disappointing. They are so bad. And I think the 49ers defense is going to give them a lot of problems. I think they're going to struggle to score points. And the 49ers offense, Jimmy G and the boys have just looked unbelievable. We saw last week when Kittle is healthy, Kittle takes Kelsey and all the other tight ends and he puts them in a locker and he says, no, sir, no, sir. I'm the best tight end in football. You guys go stand the hell over there. Yeah, no, you're, you're hundred percent right about that. Uh, When you look at these numbers on this game, Atlanta, somehow I, I have not figured this out. They won last week against the Panthers. They, they beat me because I had the Panthers minus three. The Falcons are number 32 in total DVOA. Dead last in efficiency in the NFL. Uh, number 30 on defense. Number 29 on offense. And San Francisco is top 10 in every metric. Like everything you can come up with. So, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't hate that one at all. Don't hate it at all. Um, pick number four for me, I'm going to take the Vikings minus three and a half at the Bears. The Bears have been bad. We just talked about this game. Uh, this is, you look at all the advanced numbers, everything else, Dalvin Cook playing, uh, the Vikings should win this by a touchdown. 
Like, it, this is... It, I understand that the Bears have covered six out of uh, the last eight against them. I don't think it matters in this position because the Bears have not been this bad until now. Like, they, they went youth movement. Uh, they got dudes out here and there. Um, and that team just doesn't look like they want to play for their head coach. Like, it's yeah. it's very strange. So, I'll uh, I'll take the Vikings minus three and a half. I've got that pick as well. That's that, That'll be my fourth pick, same thing. And then I'll give you my last one. I've got the Bengals plus one against the Broncos. That was my fifth one as well. So, Bengals plus go. one, explosive players. Uh, I think they will be able to score uh, much easier on the Broncos than the Broncos will score on them. So, uh, to recap, I've got the Pats plus two, Texans plus three, Dolphins minus 10, Vikings minus three and a half, and the Bengals plus one. Chris has got the Titans minus one and a half, Texans plus three, 49ers minus 10, and the Vikings minus three and a half, and the Bengals plus one. All right. Uh, Let's see, Chris, is there anything else that you feel like we need to hit on? That's it, brother. All right, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Go to winningcureseverything.com. Everything you need to know about us can be found over there. If you've not already, make sure and subscribe. We are rocking and rolling with the subscribers on YouTube right now. We're at like 5,100 and... 17 or something like that. So we're we're well above our goal of 5,000 for the football season, but uh but we would like to continue that. We now have new goals and you hitting that subscribe button will help us out. Make sure and hit the like button for us, jump into the chat, jump into the comments. We want to know your picks on these games. Give us your opinion, which by the way, I don't know if you saw last week, but on the the clip that I cut, a lot of Cardinals fans that were talking a lot of trash before the before the Monday night game. And they all had to eat it. So, yeah. so we do enjoy yeah. hearing you guys. And, and sometimes you can sway our opinion one way or the other. Uh, obviously, we've already made our picks, but we want to hear yours as well. So jump into the comments and all that good stuff. Leave a nice five-star review on the podcast. Chris is a big part of the college football coverage for Bookmaker Review. I host the BetUS College Football Show. Make sure and check out both of those. Uh, BetUS brings you the show every single time out. Go to BetUS.com. It's where the game begins. It's America's top online sports book so go and check that out there is a link in the description with that said you guys take care of yourself take care of each other and hopefully all of your tickets cash this week thanks for checking out winning cures everything if you want to keep up with us hit subscribe on youtube or your favorite podcast app visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on facebook or follow us at winning cures at gary wce or at chris b giannini on twitter Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.